You are listening to a Labor Day episode of the Loftus Party Podcast. Thanks for being here. I've got good news, everybody. Good news. We were all very worried about the Amazon. It was on fire. It continues to rage. I saved the Amazon. I jumped in the other day, and I'm doing my bit. Here's what happened. Pornhub announced that for every 100 videos watched, they would plant a tree. So relax, everybody. That did not happen. <laughs> I, I got you covered. I got you covered. Uh, it, yes, it did happen. It no, it did, did not. They did it, not really do that. Yes, they did. Oh, my God. That that was my... Socially uh, responsible porn hub. I've now seen it all. <laughs> that was my opening joke last night at Comedy and Magic Club, too. I think it's great if they really do it. If they really do it. Well, I you think once they say it, they have to do it. Like, uh, unless they go that kind of stuff. Seriously, I want to do a follow-up. <laughs> I want to make sure. I want to know where my tree is, damn it. I want to know where my tree is planted. <laughs> and I think at this point, I'm talking about more than one tree. I'm good. Oh, I'm good. I'm good for a, a big hunk of the rainforest. Gee. <laughs> that was that was my joke. Oh, when they maybe they'll the... do another. Maybe they'll do another one for cleanup after this Hurricane Dorian, and you can you can contribute again. Oh, I I listen. The giving never stops. The giving never stops. That is so <laughs> cracked. I can't. Oh, it was great. It was great. Just it cracked. was wonderful. I tell you, well. I, I, I like uh, I like the Pornhub. It's a lot more. It's a lot more like YouTube now. They got the ads. You got to skip the ads. This, that, and the other thing. So relax, everybody. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. They have to take ads off Steven Crowder's channel, but there's ads on Pornhub. Well, it's not YouTube. It's Pornhub. I know, but They're come their own on. Thing. I, listen, and and I don't think I don't think the the, the people who like make the video I, here's this is, this is actually an interesting story we've actually stumbled across something insanely i think not insanely but but rather interesting do the content creators <laughs> do the content creators get that money like who gets the money like if I, when i'm on pornhub and i'm i'm looking at you know whatever i'm into which you guys you'll have to know me a little bit better before i share that uh and like like a couple of amateurs are going at it, and there's an ad before. Like, who's getting that revenue? I'd be I'd be interested to know that. All right, so I'm sure not not everyone is interested in that. It was a funny joke. It was a funny joke. I was at Comedy and Magic uh, last night. Good Lord in heaven, just a good time. Here's the problem, though. Here's the problem. I'm looking to cut loose. I'm I'm ready. I'm in between acts. This has happened to me a couple of times in my stand up career where I'm like. You're making the shift from like, oh, I'm an observational comic and this is fun and that's funny and just, you know, blah, blah, blah. Then you start making a shift into like relationship stuff and there's like an awkward in-between acts phase. And now I'm in this this going from like relationship stuff into more political stuff, but I kind of want to keep it, you know, pedestrian and every man. I don't want to get in the weeds with details. Mm-hmm. So – so it's crazy. I just want to go on stage. And this was the great thing when I was living on Long Island. I could just go down to Governor's uh, in Levittown and just rip it. 
just rip it because it didn't matter. It took me a long time to get there. This I'm this is I'm being completely honest. Because I, I do, I feel like obligated to the audience. Like these people came to see a comedy show and who really wants to see some guy working on new material? But like you have to do it. You have to do it. And right. then the quickest and the quickest way to write new material is just to do just big freaking hunks of it. So mm-hmm. you're conflicted as a person. Like I I feel I have I literally I have guilt. Like I'm ripping people off. But I'm like, oh, but it will be funny. Whatever. So anyway, I'm down to comedy magic. They've been insanely generous. With you know, you know, yeah, come on down, work on stuff. It's great. It's a it's a great club. If you're if you're ever in Southern California, there is never a bad night to go to this club. There's never a bad night. You're gonna you're gonna have a fantastic time. But here's the deal: I keep running into people down there, other comedians who I really respect. I really respect these guys and girls and uh, like. You don't want to just – you don't want to even risk like eating it or telling a bad joke on stage. And then it goes – I just I go – I have this like the self-loathing. It's a death spiral of, of low self-esteem. <laughs> low self-esteem. And then you're like, no, screw it. I'm doing the new sh- – I'm doing the new stuff. But you're not t- – you're not saying this out loud. But anyway, uh, I had good shows. It was fun. I did my little uh, – I did my little I Save the Amazon uh, joke. I did my rescue dog joke. I didn't do any real – Real political stuff. It's it's easy to. I got some PC culture stuff, but anyway, down there again last night. Uh, holy smoke! The 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 one of the head writers for the Tonight Show, my buddy Jack Cohen, who's who's really uh, fun and funny. Larry Miller, you guys all know Larry Miller from uh, Pretty Woman and a bunch of other TV shows and movies. He's just a joy, and this guy has the best stories, just the best stories. Mario Joyner was down there. Uh, Michael Yo was down there. Uh, just so go to Comedy and Magic. It's a, it's a great club. So oh, I'll just use this as a as a as a segue before we get too deep uh, into the political stuff. We'll keep it on stand up here for a little bit. We'll keep it on stand up. I wrote a piece for theloftestparty.com yesterday. Yesterday I did this. Everyone's reacting to this Dave Chappelle thing. And I really felt like I had some insight that no one else had. And I don't know if you guys are going to be able to get the chance to go to the website and, you know, look it up. And it's right there. It's on the front page. Or in a look under entertainment. But anyway, it's – it's, and I don't want to make anyone feel bad. I'm not trying to make anyone feel bad. Uh, but But hear me out. On this, so Dave Chappelle has this new uh, stand-up special, Sticks and Stones. Have I seen it? No, I haven't. I haven't. I haven't seen any of Chappelle's stuff. Do I respect Chappelle? You bet. Is he a phenomenal stand-up? <clears throat> you bet. That's why I don't watch. I don't want to, like. I mean, there's a way you could frame it, like, oh, it'll motivate you. You see someone who does all this stuff, and then blah, blah, blah. Listen, I don't even want – like, everyone has their own style. I just don't want that influence in my head. I just don't want that in my head. Uh, when I was in a band in high school, uh, our drummer, his 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 uh, aunt, his aunt, uh, a million years ago, she had an apartment with uh, David Byrne, the lead singer of the Talking Heads, mm-hmm. uh, way, way back in the day. And he had, like, one rule. For the for uh, for the roommates, they had an apartment. There was like three of them, I believe. He had just had one rule: you cannot play music. You cannot play music because he didn't want any influence. And that's how I kind of am. I have to. Like, it has to be 
crazy for me to watch uh, a stand-up special. So anyway, I'm making this way too long. But like, but like, do you you watch the other stand-ups when you go do stand-up? Oh yeah, yeah. But that's like that's that different. It is. You're looking for minefields there. You're looking oh. for minefields. Like if 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 the dude in front of you is just crushing with, oh, me and my wife are fighting over this. My wife says that, and I say that. Oh, me and my wife. Me and my. You know, so if it's a bunch of relationship stuff, I'm not going to go up and do a bunch of relationship stuff. So I'm just looking for the minefields. <clears throat> but like, uh, it it has to be crazy for me to watch. Uh, a stand-up special it really does like i watch uh kevin james perform i I watch him like we would go out and do stand-up together and and i'd watch and he'd give me tags and i'd give him tags and oh here's a bit there's a bit everywhere a bit bit so anyway i felt i I I don't think i don't think you'd be imitating anything from Chappelle, but that's just well there's i did watch it it's not you michael it's just not you hmm there's the other thing of the – the and I, I'm not going to lie to you, and I put this in the article too. There's also the jealousy factor, the intense okay. jealousy factor. Like that that drives me, right? When you see some – when you see like uh, a, someone who's like really, really, you know, a great long-distance runner and you're like you want to be a great long-distance runner, so maybe it motivates you to run, right? Like mm-hmm. watching, watching a great – watching somebody who's really doing well, you know, makes you want to achieve. <clears throat> so uh, – Chappelle's getting all this blowback for sticks and stones. Yeah, but and, it was, and I, he did it intentionally. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I mean, every bit of of the things that are taking him, taking people off was 100% intentional. And like I said, I watched it. You watched um, the whole thing? watched most of it. Okay. Um, some of it made me laugh. Some of it was like, okay, dude, that's that's really far out. But he was definitely trying to make a point. And, um, you know, I, I just kind of look at it this way, right? Uh, I watched an interview. I forget even who the interview was with, but Scott Adams, right? Scott Adams yeah. says, the creator of Dilbert. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. he just looked at the interviewer at one point. It might have even, I don't, like I said, I don't remember the show. And, you know, well, what's happened to you since you started prognosticating about Trump? And, you know, he went through a little of that, and he goes, but what you have to understand is I have F.U. money. Yeah. So I'm going to do what I want to do. That's exactly what I saw, thought of when I saw Chappelle's special. Something needed to be said. Dave was going to say it. He's got enough money that he doesn't care. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> and, and, he's, and he's a great dude. He's, mm-hmm. a, he's a, a sincerely nice guy. My, crit- my criticism, I have no criticism for freaking Dave Chappelle. I have criticism for all these people on the right writing these articles. Like everybody's like, oh, here's the important thing about Dave Chappelle and why. Oh, look at the left and da da da. Look at and, and like all these people are. And as there's there's article and article talking about how important it is and how how wonderful and da da da. And I'm thinking, when was the last time you were in a club? When is the last time you participated in pop culture? And I'm gonna I'm gonna start getting a little worked out, and, and I'm not getting. <laughs> I I really am. Like no, I know. You, people need to understand the, the the reason these really like soft social justice warrior everyone is wonderful. The reason that is gaining popularity is because night after night after night, when they go up on stage, genuinely, uh, generally rather, the audiences like it. 
Like, if if I were to go on stage uh, and and go, man, you see that new fat chick in the Calvin Klein ads? I guess we know the elastic works on those, right? I guess. And they're like people, they're, they're, you you would be able to hear the audience disapprove. You would be able to hear it. However, if these dudes on the right, if these men and women on the right are like, ha ha, like laughing really loud, it the joke works. That's who dictates how this goes. That's that's who dictates how the culture goes. So it's like it's one thing to sit up in your ivory tower with your laptop open, writing a very smart article about, about what's going on with the culture and why what Dave Chappelle is doing is important. But like get your ass out in the club and keep laughing at the stuff you want to laugh at. Listen, these people I was on I was on stage uh, a couple weeks ago and doing this doing this bit about like it, like I feel sorry for. Here's the bit. Uh, this is the general idea. Like, I feel sorry for the for the last dude who doesn't make an Olympic team. If they have like three slots open on the men's team and you come in fourth and you've had a life of training to be an Olympian and they're like, ooh, sorry, maybe next year. Like, it wouldn't take me long to tuck it, duct tape it, call myself Linda. Now I'm on the women's Jeez. team. <laughs> right? I'm like... I would totally do it. I'm like, my name's Linda, and uh, I identify as a woman. I get my gold medal. I untuck, and I go, you know what? I think I'm a man. I think well, I'm a man I, I, now. That's, you know, that's perfectly legit in the ideology of the radical left. Yes, and it's funny, and it's funny. The first time I did that joke, how, laugh, 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 laugh. Everything's great. I'm like, okay, that's going in the act. And then I'm down again, I'm doing it. And then you, ooh, like all it takes, all it takes is one person to go, ooh. And then the people who were laughing were like, ooh, I guess that's not accepted in polite society. So which makes me just want to go harder, which I will the next time. Like it's uh -huh. just going to go, I'm just going to keep going harder. Uh, however, you, you, you got to participate in the culture. You can't just sit back and go, oh, because that, that's when you wake up and you're like, oh, wow, when did this happen? When did this big... When did this big change happen? It happened because you were sitting around and you weren't involved in the culture. You just sat back judging and writing articles. And that is why I am thrilled to to announce and tell everyone, announce. I, I was like, that was like very Jim Brewer. Uh, the 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 Freedom to Laugh tour. This is a, this is a funny one. This is a funny one. So it's 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 myself. Reno Collier from Blue Collar Comedy. You guys know. You listen to the podcast. Reno Collier from Blue Collar. My buddy Brian Hayner, phenomenal uh, comedian, guitarist, uh, Jeff Dunham touring, Showtime appearing, and Chad Prather, who's like the uh, that well-spoken cowboy guy. Huge. Chad's fantastic. We were calling it the MAGA Country Tour, and the clampdown was so bad. We couldn't, like, you know, and you know this because of uh, the Loftus Party Facebook, you, you write to Facebook and you get like a, a special uh, dispensation from the king that mm -hmm. allows you to boost ads that are right. uh, political in nature. Well, I mean, you have to, I mean, you have to put in your social security number, your last dental exam. I mean, it's ridiculous. Even with all that, mm -hmm. even with all that, they would not let us boost it. They would not let. They wouldn't let Prather do it. They wouldn't let Loftus Party do it. They wouldn't let all of these. That we there's there's three accounts. Collier isn't uh, in on it, but but me and Hayner and Prather 
we're all like, yeah, you guys can do political ads, not with MAGA in the name. So that's really, yup. So that's taboo. And it's like, what are we going to do? Are we going to like fight the man and just go down and in flames fighting the good fight? Or we change the name of the tour. So it's, uh, we are the Eagles of Liberty. The Eagles I know, of when Liberty. you told me on the phone, I said, uh-uh. <laughs> I, I'm telling you right now, Gypsy. The, the Freedom m- Army. The, the merch, the merch on this. We already have people on Facebook asking about the merch. The graphics are so just completely cool. I love it. My nipples are hardening as I speak. The Eagles of Liberty Freedom to Laugh Tour. Freedom to Laugh. So so now, uh, magically, mystically, we can la- boost ads. Don't la- something if you laugh until you die or something, wasn't it? Holy, uh, this, it's amazing. All, all the good, not all the good, but there's a lot of good names that are taken. There was a li- Live Free or Die Laughing, but that's mm-hmm. an actual event. Somebody actually has that. Live Free or Die Laughing. I thought we invented that. Uh, uh, freedom of speech is taken, so uh, no one had freedom to laugh. So that's that's what it is. Well, yeah, Eagles of Liberty. Probably, but, if you started stuff with freedom of speech, Facebook isn't going to let you boost that either. So yeah, but I think oh, and then we had common sense. That was the other one, like mm-hmm. the common the common sense comedy tour. And then people we were kind of getting excited about <clears throat> about that, and then Chad Prather, who has a show on the Blaze, is like you you got you guys know that that. Uh, that's uh, Watch's guys. Who's the dude who started the Blaze? Glenn Beck. Glenn Beck. He goes, he goes you know, Glenn Beck has that tour. I'm like, oh, I didn't did not realize Glenn Beck had the had the Let's common not sense. Step on those toes. Yeah, you don't want to step on Glenn's toe. I want Glenn on stage. I want. <clears throat> Here's the deal, <clears throat> and I'm, I'll publicly announce this as well because it looks like it's going to happen. It really does. Uh, we're gonna we have a we're gonna put an event on in Waco, Texas. There's a beautiful theater down in Waco. Mm-hmm. And this is gonna be October 30th. Uh, we're gonna tape the whole thing. We're gonna do a, like a little mini documentary and then a live not a live but but a, a stand up special for Fox Nation. Cat Timph uh, is gonna be uh, the the face of that. It's gonna be like a Cat Timph joint. I want to get her on stage. She's a stand up. I want I want Pete Hegseth to come down. I want I when this thing goes around when this thing goes around I want people just to pop up like I know I think Crowder lives down in Texas now I want Crowder to do yes. a show uh any anyone you know I want Tommy Laren uh, to get up on stage uh and just talk for a little bit I want that kind of cool like like conservative rat pack feel to it like you never know oh hey look you know Bubba Ba's in town and they're gonna come up on stage and then the place just flips out well, I definitely get Knowles on stage when you do LA again I I would love it I would love it uh Knowles would be great there's a there's a there's a bunch of people and we got to stand up and be counted here we go here we go like the stand up and be counted aspect because I guess it's time I guess it's time because that Eric McCormick dude from Will and Grace. Oh my God! So there's a there's a Trump fundraiser going on in Los Angeles, and 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 yesterday Eric McCormick, Will from Will and Grace, uh, says, "Hey Hollywood Reporter, uh, please provide us with a list of names. We want the list of names of people attending this event, so we know we will never work with them again." Now that's pretty that's pretty scary right there. Not that not that Eric McCormick runs Hollywood, but I tell you what, he's got a lot more juice than I do. 
He's got a lot more juice than I do. I mean, that that dude. Seriously, this is this is very sad. <laughs> but as like as I'm as as I'm thinking it, it's like yeah, wow, holy crap! Like Eric McCormick. If I was trying, if I was really really trying to work uh, in the sitcom world again, Eric McCormick could ruin my career. He really could. It would actually probably help my career now that I think about it. Because like, ooh, who's this guy that Eric McCormick hates? Who do? But then uh, Deborah Messing today on Twitter uh, mm-hmm. Sunday, she's like, I second that. I want that too. So here we have. Hollywood, Will and Grace, not the funny ones. Da 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 da. da. Come on, that Will and Grace weren't. The oh funny no ones no no. Show. Who was uh, Karen? Karen was my favorite. That was. Listen, they'll teach that opening scene when uh, when what's this guy? Oh my gosh, I never watched the show. I'm horrible yeah. with names right now. But like the 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 the, the, the crazy gray dude, gay dude, uh, and uh, yeah, when Jack. Whipped out his credit card. You'd you'd never met these characters before. It was in it was in the pilot, I believe. Mm. Uh, and they had just met in in the show. Uh, and he's like, "I'm gonna need a card for that." And he whips out a he whips out a, a like an ATM card, a debit card, and he swipes it between her boobs. Mm-hmm. And she goes denied, and he runs it again. She's like denied, and then he runs it between her butt cheeks, and she goes accepted. That was hilarious. That's just but great I mean, writing. It tells you everything you need to know about the characters. It's wonderful. So anyway, those were the funny ones. I, I don't want to. I don't want to get too far off the track. But yeah, like, no, no, no. it's it's terrifying. It's not terrifying, but it's very concerning that you have people in Hollywood vocally calling for let's make a list of people that will never work in this town again. Like, it's. I mean, if you listen to Andrew Clavin, that's already happened. Yes. I mean, yes. he, he literally walked away from millions of dollars and has never won another award. Yeah, that's it's crazy. And and if, if you guys, I, I don't know if you, you're familiar with Andrew Clavin, but uh, Clavin, a fiction writer, novelist to begin with. Uh, and and Stephen King was like, wow, this is a, this is a guy to watch. Stephen King, mm-hmm. like seriously, in, in, in fiction and horror. And, and now Stephen King wouldn't even talk to him if he saw him on the street. No, no. So here's the the ironic thing to me about these two. They were in the sitcom that was supposed to breed tolerance. Right. It did, though. It did, though. Eight characters to the forefront showing gay people living normal lives, having normal jobs. They weren't the punchline. They were the core of the show. And these people who literally put the show out about tolerance are the most intolerant people in the world. Yes. Mm-hmm. And to that point, and this is great because this goes to the culture of it all and participate in the culture. You you have to participate because if you don't, it'll just change and that ship will sail. If you look at uh, America, and I'm not saying Will and Grace did this, but it, it is this is how pop culture works. Uh, America before Will and Grace was like, n- n- no gay marriage. Nope, nope, no gay marriage. Not, we, we are not fans of gay marriage. Then Will and Grace comes out and like w- you saw this seismic shift. You saw this seismic shift in the culture in America. And then uh, by like season five, season six, America's like, yeah, yeah, gay marriage. That's just, that, it. it's just you can you can do that. I'm not saying that Will and Grace did it. Uh, however, that is the side effect. That is the side effect. 
they're not they're not idiots. Uh, and that's why they they do these these crazy programs like when Ronald Reagan was going on and he's going to get us into World War Three. They did a movie on I think it was NBC the day after the uh-huh. day. after. Aren't you terrified? Of totally this? aimed, totally aimed at flyover country. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just to, to to change hearts and minds. Propaganda ain't new. It ain't new. So anyway, oh, thank God. Uh, no. However, it's like I, you've I've never seen anything. I've never seen anything like the way they're coming after Trump. And that's the and that's, I guess, the good thing about the whole will and grace calling for a blacklist. At least they're doing it publicly because before before it's like, I, I'm pretty sure they're doing this. I'm pretty sure they're doing this. And then you have a couple of like, you know, good size actors, you know, saying, yeah, let's make a list of people. So, okay. All right. So I'm not, I'm not crazy. I'm not, not crazy. crazy. It's, like, it's like the way, uh, you know, uh, before Trump in the, in before the age of Trump, when we were like, I'm pretty sure uh, the mainstream media is uh, run by Democrats and it's in mm-hmm. the bag for Democrats and they got their fingers on the scales for Democrats. Y- y- people would kind of go, really? Really? They kind of look at you like, wow, it's kind of sad that you think that. It's kind of sad that you think the media. And now y- there's just no denying it. There's just no denying it. I'm sure you saw the uh, the Lawrence O'Donnell apology. Yeah, I mean that clearly didn't go viral as his poorly sourced unvetted story but that's and that's what makes you crazy about it that's what makes mm-hmm. you crazy about it well, they, I'm they just Lawrence know it now. they just know it and I believe it's on purpose you know I believe key- they throw it out there until they get called on it because they know that it's going to go bonkers and then the retraction gets 10 retweets I agree with you 100%. 100%. It is a mathematical formula. We can say whatever we want. It goes crazy viral. And then, and here's the perfection of it. Here's the thing where you have to you have to stand back. It's like a a, a guy looking at a shark, you know. It'll it'll destroy you, but that's a perfect killing machine. You've got to admire it. It's a perfect killing machine. The whole run with a fake story, run with a bad story. It's it's brilliant. And here's you, so you get you get the you get the the huge explosion on on the social media. You get oh my gosh, Lawrence O'Donnell's got the scoop. CNN's got the scoop. Uh, the Washington Post has a scoop. Whichever the New York Times, whoever you want to say. And then by when, when they're called when they're called out on it, then they do the formal apology. And then this is the brilliant part. Then they go, ooh, that's good journalism. You know, when you make a mistake, you've got to own up to it. And so, yep. you, so then you look like a jerk for even criticizing. Hey, yes. I, I realized that that story was bad, and I, I made a formal apology. And that's what good journalists do, perhaps at the people. And I would like to celebrate Cheryl Atkinson for a moment, because I think she's keeping <clears> – <throat> I think she's keeping a running tab of all the giant – uh, corrections that have had to been made, the retractions that have been made, but there's like blatantly false stories. Uh, that's another great article to, to do. I'm thinking of more content. I'm always thinking of content, but that's a great, let's keep that list going. I think people would be shocked at this, the, the outright just lies and misinformation and like how many retractions I would love to do that. That's, that's a compare and contrast. How many retractions 
uh, CNN and the New York Times and how many corrections they've had to do versus Fox News. Yeah, I just think I'm going to fact check Snopes this week. Did you see? (laughs) I think this just happened. Did you see Snopes uh, covering uh, Biden's butt? That's yeah, just... somebody somebody quote tweeted that and said, you know, apparently now they're in direct competition with the Babylon Bee. It's so I'm sure just just for our listeners, just for the people like uh, Joe Biden told this war story it was loosely based, loosely based on actual events. Right. It's like at one point didn't he it tried... changed like five times. Well, uh, like just, he told it one place and then he told it another place and one guy was in the Navy and the other guy was in a completely <laughs> different branch or something. He's a showman. Joe Biden is a showman like like Trump, you know, but like Trump does it to be like, you know, flashy and cool and, you know, Dude. bang, bang, bang. But like Biden's doing it. I, I feel like he's grasping at straws. You there didn't like, see him call call Barack Obama president, my boss. Uh, I think I, I think I did, but I just oh want to get to, to the, it was sad. Like it, it was just sad. Oh, he when he couldn't think of the name groping for the, the name of the president he worked for. Yeah. Well, that's uh, listen, it's, I'm very conflicted about the whole Joe Biden thing. I'm very conflicted about it. Like it, he is like your crazy uncle, you know? And I, I just, I want to I want to go full attack mode on him, but it's like it does. It looks like he's losing it. It, it, It's like he's he's lost his game. He's just not his game. And and did you see did you see the video of Jill Biden begging people to vote for her husband because he was electable? Oh, see this video. I didn't see that one. Oh, my God. She didn't even believe it, Michael. Yeah, I uh, I saw one. It was after one of the debates, like maybe the first debate where he really screwed the pooch and Kamala Harris had come at him and he didn't have a comeback. And he's like, mm-hmm. I, I, I see I see my time is up. You know, it's like that, like that's just tapping out. That's just tapping out right there. And I think she came out and she's like, well, listen, it's been a long day. And yeah, Joe's not going to answer questions. But it's I, I just got to get back to this war story thing. Because in reality, there was some kid who was injured. I think he was going to get the, like the Purple Heart or something. Mm-hmm. And and Joe Biden goes to pin the medal on him, and the kid goes, "I don't want it." And Joe Biden's like, "Well, you know, here we are. Like, right? We're in, we're in the White House. I have the medal in my hand. They're all taking pictures. There you go." Which is kind of a a wonderful little story. That's a, it's it's an it's. That it is, you know, it's it's kind of heartbreaking. The kid, I don't want this medal, you know. My friends are dead. I got whatever, whatever. So, but now, like, like Biden tells the story, and it's just he's just all over the map. He's just <laughs> he's just all over the map. And so, like, this is what they would eat Trump alive for. This is what they'd eat Trump alive for. And just have Snopes, like, if you look it up on Snopes, like, did this really happen? And and Snopes is like, hey, there, there there is a before we say it's false, there is a kernel of truth here. And it's like, wow, that, that little couple in the valley with their cats, they are just they are in the tank for the old for the old liberals. But I wanted to do a, I, I want to do if I had a hair and makeup department for my little Loftus party videos, I would love to do put on the aviator sunglasses, put on the suit coat. I'm Joe Biden. 
And when I was in WW1 stepping out of the time portal, it would just be fun to do. Just a crazy. Then the Chinese came in with their flying saucers. It would be so much fun just to do a big, giant, bombastic Joe Biden tells a war story. But you'd have to incorporate every every event. It would go from the Civil War to World War One to Iraq, Af- Afghanistan, and then back to Korea and Vietnam. It would be like... Uh, It'd be like a uh, fourth gump. It'd be like fourth gump. He kind of is at this point. I know that guy. And listen, uh, I got respect I, for the I dude. He hung in I there. I don't. I don't understand the electability argument, really, because I don't like his whole pitch is a return to normalcy. It wasn't that good under Barack Obama. We were still pretty freaking divided. The only difference was they were in charge. Yes. Yes. Like, they don't seem to understand the divisions in the country didn't start with Trump. You wouldn't have got Trump. That is, I, I tell you what, I've been saying that, and I, I haven't been saying it on stage or anything, but it's like everyone has it backwards, and, and, and you're really on to something there. It's like... It's not like Trump introduced some new way of thinking. And it's not like everyone woke up and went, I've never thought about it this way. That's very interesting. This has been simmering for years. Since the amnesty in the 80s. Yes. That's that's perfect, Gypsy. That's perfect. When When they told Ronald Reagan... You sign this, you give these people amnesty, and then we will do something about the border. border. And man, they just screwed that dude over. And they screwed over the American people. And we have been simmering on that for decades. And then along comes this dude uh, from New York who's like, I'm going to build a wall. And everyone on the right went, finally, Mm finally. Finally. Forget amnesty, forget all this other, forget DACA, forget all of this, forget it's a giant immigration problem. Tell you what, I'll build a wall. And that is why that resonated. Because he's doing what the people want. Trump didn't make the right. The right made Trump. And everyone gets that backwards. And I tell you what, Everybody I'm just, I'm on, I mean, I'm on a soapbox. He's it, delivering. The dude it, is delivering. It was... Uh, Tucker Carlson wrote a book, Ship of Fools, right? Yes. And he was doing an interview where somebody asked him, well, why did you write this book? He goes, I look back on 2016 and we elected Donald freaking Trump. Like, that doesn't make you curious? <laughs> like, hello? And, I mean, he ties it back to the whole establishment and everything else. But, yeah, I mean, this was not new. And... You know, y'all, if all, all they had to do was be somewhat normal and they can't even pull that off and they elect well, somebody like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez calling millennials the greatest generation, really? And then uh, oh, she, she, just, she just came out like, listen, there's something that's very, listen, I don't underestimate AOC. I don't underestimate the squad. I love to make fun of them. I love to make fun of them when they do this stupid stuff, but there's something like I'm, I'm t- just the screenwriter in me, the, 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 the storyteller in me. Like I, I literally, it's like out of a twilight zone. It is my nightmare. 
It's one of them. It's like to be on trial, to be on trial for some kind of made up crime. And then the squad is the jury. Like the squad is uh, the, 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 the science council of Krypton. I tell you what, they would have no mercy. The AOC would have no mercy. Rashid Talib would have no mercy. Elon Omar, no mercy. And then the fourth one, who nobody knows her name. Diana Presley, (laughs) but she's not hanging out with them anymore. I think she figured out that re-election might be a little harder if she kept doing that. Um, Because Boston isn't quite Queens, right? Yeah. Um, But... I think it's very interesting that you haven't seen the squad altogether. And after Nancy Pelosi made AOC fire her chief of staff, AOC's timeline has gotten dumber and her talking points have gotten more ridiculous. Like literally talking about climate and aliens or something or like it just made no sense. I saw her on Twitter bragging about the new posters for the new oh Green God, Deal. They're like communist propaganda. It it literally is. It's like they took posters from like 1930s Soviet Union and just said, hey, instead of doing those in red, what if we did them in green? It's literally, <laughs> they, they look you just never, like did it. Did you ever see the one of her, um, ma- like her face in that, picture of Franklin Delano Roosevelt that's really like you know kind of iconic where he's got the cigarette and the holder and the hat on his head and he's in a car no no oh yeah they were selling that I'm like oh my god oh my god Mm. I'm telling you though if you put her in some kind of like science fiction looking judge's robe and Elon Omar there was a thing it was just chilling it was just chilling. Yeah, Elon, Elon Omar, Omar boyfriend. Jesus. Yeah, but but Elon Omar was talking to some uh some Department of Defense guy and she's up there sitting just sitting up on the the hearing committee behind the little uh, table and she's like, you know, blaming him for all these war atrocities and would you would you say it was a good thing or a bad thing? Would you let the death of civilians, would you say it was a good thing or a bad thing? And the guy's like, this is crazy that you're even asking that question. Mm-hmm. Is it a good thing or a bad thing? Oh, and no, she, she's and just, she had she's this creepy little on smile on her face. She makes me uncomfortable. She makes me uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And like the and this is all hearsay and I don't know what's proven or disproven. But like there's something really scary about a person who will do anything to get what they want, right? That like the goal is, is I want to get into America. So yeah, like in this whole, I'm, I'll marry my brother, and then we'll do this, and then I'll have a, and then this isn't helping, so I'll have an affair with this guy, and then I'll do this, and it's like the ends justify the means. And like the, there is no moral compass there, or if there is a moral compass, it's not like anyone else's. It's just that I find her to be, it's, she's very, very chilling. It's very chilling. This well, is horrible. I gotta wonder what her community back in Minneapolis is going to do with this whole affair thing, because that's just not okay. I, I don't think they're going to do a thing. I don't, I, seriously, it's, it's, it's all, it's Somali, right? She's, she's from, it's a predominantly uh, Somali 
Molly Muslim, yeah. Yeah, and if you look into, and this is the other thing, it's like, uh, it's that it's that Taco Bell law they've got, that, that taquilla thing where like, hey, you if it's going to further the cause of the, the Muslim agenda, feel free to lie. Feel free to be duplicitous as long as it furthers. So I, I, I don't think there's going to be any real fallout. I really don't. I think it's priceless how, you know, so this story breaks. She ends up in this dude's divorce papers, right? Yeah. A reporter asks her about it, and she says her personal life is off limits. No, honey, that's not how any of this works. Like, you literally want a copy of Donald Trump's last colonoscopy, right? For your committees and everything else. But this, you're not allowed to be questioned about this? Seriously? The audacity to say that, though. That's just the, that's the other, like, frightening thing. Hi, I'm a reporter, and I have a question of, about your background. My personal life is off limits. I won't. And then she expects that. She, she, she sincerely expects that to work. And that's, well, it that's, does, apparently. Yes. Yeah. Because it's, like it's not like the, the mainstream media is going to, like, come at her with both, both guns firing. And it's like you can't – how do you – like, like they're, they're still going after Trump's taxes. They're talking to his maid from, like, 1962 and everything. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, that's – it's uh, – it's, it's I did a very, very funny video uh, called Nancy Pelosi Doesn't Want to Play This Game. And it's just hilarious. Just just funny, funny, funny to me. They're like, she wants to keep going back, back, back into Trump's taxes and how did he do this and how did he do that. So uh, the, the that's the concept of the video. You don't want to play this game, Nancy, because it, you go back into Nancy's, where did you get your money? Where did you get your money, Nancy? I want to see all your taxes. Isn't it true your father had ties to organized crime? Isn't that true? And I know we were just talking about Snopes. You go to Snopes and you look up, does Nancy Pelosi, was Nancy Pelosi's dad in organized crime? They're going to go, yeah, yeah, he was. <laughs> so when even Snopes is in on it. So, yeah, uh, Nancy Pelosi wants to be very uh, careful about, OK, we're going to open up. We're going to open up the time machine and find out what, you know, Trump was doing with his money in 1987. OK, Nancy, I want to know what you've been doing with your money since you got into public office. I want to know everything about your background. That would be the end that would be the end. And the lack the, the lack of, of intellectual curiosity into Joe Biden, that's, that's, that's stunning to me. That like Hunter Biden gets like piles and piles of money from China. And they got, they got lawyers fired. The prosecution dude gets fired in, in, in the Ukraine because Joe Biden had some. Like no one's even interested in that. The media is a joke. It's an absolute joke, a complete and total, total joke. And here's the other thing. And this is what it's it's like Elon Omar saying, yeah, my personal life is off limits. Jim Comey, like like I didn't. I have such low expectations when, you know, I could see like, okay, they couldn't prosecute Hillary because it was right before the election and all that stuff. But like, listen, she she broke rules she broke the law you're not allowed to do that people go to jail for that there are other cases of people going to jail for classified documents so when the inspector general report came out about jim comey and then the dude doesn't get charged you're just like okay here we go 
Here we go. And then what I drives me crazy is he I took the victory. He took the victory lap. But he's, he's like, stupid. I tell you what, Gypsy, he better. He well, better. I don't think I don't think these people know just how pissed off half the country will be when like you you just can't do it. You just can't do this and and say, "Yup, he did this with classified data or he did this with government property and he leaked this and and Peter Strzok did this." And and Bruce Orr did this, and the FISA courts did this, and if they all skate, if they all skate, we've lost. I, I've lost all faith in the Department of Justice. I've lost all faith in the FBI. And, and there's really there's two sets of justice. There's insider. There's insider uh, DC justice, and then there's justice for the rest of us. I heard this. Super interesting thing last week, though, right after the Comey memo. Okay. Was it a, what was it? Um, it was, you know who Larry O'Connor is, right? No. I know Lawrence Larry O'Connor's on WMAL. Um, he does a, an hour long podcast daily or a half hour long podcast daily that is, can, uh, consists of the interviews he does on his three hour show out in okay. California. Um, and he had Joe DeGeneva on, who is a former DOJ. Oh, I know, I know Joe DeVant. He's he's on he's on Hannity all the time. That guy's so bombastic. He is so bombastic. He said that the second report on the FISA abuse is already circulating for comment, and all four of the FISAs have been determined to have been illegal. Okay. And that is the only place I have heard that. Okay, that's great. Someone needs to go to jail. I agree. Uh, like, like, listen, uh, you know, More Hillary Clinton, Hillary that. Clinton, you're not, you're not allowed to do this with classified stuff. And, oh, she didn't know they were classified. Here's the email where she says, hey, could you guys take the classified marking off of those? You're not allowed to give classified emails to a friend. Hey, here you go, Huma Abedin. Could you do, could you print these out to me? Like, boom, right there. Done. Jail. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I am just, this is horrible. I'm, I'm. I don't want to be this guy, but it's like, we can't continue to have this. We're like, yup, that's the law. You broke it. Nothing happened. And then Jim Comey pretending like, well, these were private memos. Listen, when you're talking, they're not. When you're talking to the president of the United States and you're taking notes, that's the property of the government. You're not allowed just to have some little buddy of yours act as a patsy. Like, hey, buddy, do me a favor. Send this to the New York Times for your private agenda. I'm getting pissed. I'm getting so pissed. I don't want to be pissed today. But it's like, I, I, I just do not see how anyone could go. And I guess the IG was like, yep, these are, these are, these are criminal offenses. This is bad. This is, this well, is he criminal. Gets referred, he gets referred, there was a referral for prosecution. Um, but, I mean, I've heard, I've heard a number of different takes on exactly what he did and exactly how prosecutable it was, and that this is from people that have been following the whole thing, you know, really closely. Yeah, have much more expertise than I do, and and I haven't heard a lot of disagreement with not moving forward on this one because the biggest problem was actually actually him violating Justice Department and FBI procedures and guidelines, which is not illegal. 
So well, I, I think just he, he on really just on the memo because he didn't he didn't classify the memos at the time, so they were classified after the fact, which gives him a ton of wiggle room in prosecution. This is true. However, uh, Dana Perino on the five, who's mm-hmm. from the uh, Bush administration, she's like that one doesn't carry that doesn't hold much water for her because like when you're take when you're having a meeting with the president, you're taking notes. Boom. That's that's no longer your property. So it's uh, that's where we are. I don't care that you went home and you wrote it, whatever. So uh, they got a big problem. They got a big problem if if nothing happens. Hopefully, hopefully, big Billy Barr, the AG, the that dude. Hopefully, he's got a big uh, plan going. I I don't have I don't have a lot of faith. Here's I think the other here's the other thing though. Remember, yes, Horowitz has other reports to deliver, right? And mm-hmm. Durham, we're hearing nothing out of John Durham's investigation, which is good. It's not leaking, which is a good thing, right? And just because the, the attorney general and the DOJ choose not to prosecute now, right, does not mean they cannot change their mind in the face of other information, which may be gathered through grand juries and subpoenas, which Horowitz, the IG, can't do. Yeah, Durham can. I hope something happens. I'm gonna be, uh, you know, it's it's like my my grandmother used to say, you know, uh, expect the worst, hope for the best. Mm-hmm. Expect the expect the worst, hope for the best. I'll, I I would like it if uh, I I I think the American people are so much smarter than these people in Washington. You know, the 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 elites in their little Washington bubble. Uh, you know, they just don't realize pe- people are up on this. They're up on it. You can't have, you can't have a bunch of rogue agents in the FBI just deciding that they're going to go against the will of the people and do whatever they want. It's it's really really uh, concerning that I you've think- got like an an organized little soft coup. I don't see how you call it anything else. But a soft coup uh, against the, d- the duly elected Doesn't president. Even United that States. soft, really. It was. Oh man, listen. Th- when when you think about it, it just makes you sick. It just makes you, you know sick. What? I, that I like want... Peter Strzok, who was like Peter Strzok, was in charge to to looking into uh, Hillary Clinton, and there's no need to swear anybody in. There's no need to t- take notes. And yeah, you can have your lawyer here. You can have your lawyer, even though. She was investigated as well, and looks like she's she's in on it. Just to make sure you guys have your story straight. That just that just stinks to high heaven. It if stinks they to high heaven. Make arrests. I sincerely hope that one of them gets the um, same type of pre-dawn raid that uh, Roger Stone did. I I'm not even kidding you here. That was that's another one. Oh, we'll call the CNN. Make sure you're there. We'll have frogmen in the water in case Roger Stone tries to swim away. And what they did to General Flynn, for what I know about it, maybe there's something. Maybe there's something I don't know. Oh no, but, it's getting screwier because they have exculpatory information that they won't turn over to Flynn's attorney. And Flynn's attorney, in the last couple of days, has filed several motions. And what does it cost? What does it cost General Flynn? to hire these attorneys like he's financially i wonder how that guy's doing i'm you know, sure 
I'm sure he's not. Uh, I'm sure he's not buying any, you know, real estate in Ecuador. I don't think he's going to be adding on to the Flynn estate anytime soon. No, but and that was actually, I think it was still DeGeneva's interview that bothered me the most. So if these FISA warrants were flat out illegal, right? Never should have been. Never should have been applied for. Never. I mean, just BS from the word go, right? Yeah. There is no clear legal doctrine that allows Carter Page to civilly sue the people who did it. Wow. So it's not that he can't. It's that because of a series of Supreme Court decisions that give government officials a certain amount of immunity while they're appointees, um, they're not, it's not clear that he could do it and be successful. See, this is what I this is what I can't stand about the left. This really is the left, the, the liberals, the Democrats, the progressive, the the people at the top seem to almost exclusively be lawyers. Most of them disbarred. Most of them no longer allowed to practice law. You know the uh, the Clintons and the uh, and uh, the Obamas and all. Disbarred too. Say who? What? Did Hillary get disbarred too? Yeah. Oh, she did. Okay. Yeah. I knew Bill. I and knew so Bill it's had like to give up his, but so it's like you've got this this like group think tank. I I, I picture a big empty room, uh, you know, with just a big black table and it's dimly lit, and they're all sitting around, and they're like, "Well, here's what we should do. We should do X, Y, and Z." And then somebody flips open a law book and they go, "Ooh, ooh, ooh don't call it Z. If you call it Z." Technically, it will be this. So what we need to do is plan X, Y, three. Technically, it's legal. And that's what they do. And that's what they do. And so there's always like a little escape room. There's always just a little, hey, if you're going to do this super nefarious crap, make sure you uh, knock on the windowsill three times because that means it's now legal and it's just, it's, just horrible. And then you've got the, the people on the right, a lot of them, like they're, they're not lawyers. And that's what I love about them. They've actually created things. They've actually written uh, on the on the front of a check and not just the back. Done things, yeah. Yes. And we've got our fair share of lawyers too, but. Oh, well, you need them. Y- you need them. However, oh my God. That's, I, I like that's... legit love watching Trey Gowdy when he's interviewed now. I tell you, I want to have coffee with that guy. I yeah. really do. It's mm-hmm. and it's it's not with it's not beyond the realm of possibility now. There's some wonderful things happening. Uh but like I was I seriously like like what happened, dude? What happened? It's so odd. He was talking so much smack about Hillary, so much smack about Benghazi. And then when that went down the way it did, and it looked like he had his pants around his ankles, and and she skated, then he just like, you know what, I'm done. I'm out. I quit. Like, why did he quit? And why, like, what, I, I really want to know, like, as a lawyer, the guy's great. He's a great talking head on Fox. I enjoy listening to him speak, and I like his insight and all that stuff. But I want to know, like, dude, what happened? What happened there? How did how did the Benghazi hearings go south like that? How did the 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 Hillary's Pretty. email thing go south like that? What happened? 
Well, I think it was a lot of stonewalling, too. Well, it's, uh... I mean, right now, remember the name, uh, what was it, Kathleen Cavillac? No, I don't the even know Kathleen Cavillac. The lady the State Department that Christopher Steele met with, and she's the one that wrote the letter to the FBI before they asked for the FISA warrants and said, yeah, he said all this crazy stuff's going on in the Russian consulate in Miami. There is no Russian consulate in Miami. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He also said he got the information from these two Russians that are associated with Vladimir Putin. Like, she warned the—he's clearly an anti-Trump partisan. She, like, warned the FBI about this dude, right? Yeah. Well, we've never seen the unredacted memo. We've only seen her notes. The FBI has her memo. And I'm willing to bet the redacted parts of it have to do with her checking and understanding that Michael Cohn never went to Prague, right? Yep. That's sitting in Christopher Ray's FBI. It's been requested. Christopher Ray thinks he, it's, it's about five pages long from what people say. And Christopher Ray has decided he needs two years to figure that out. I'm going to call it right now. I've reached a decision. I'm going to call it right now. No one gets in trouble. No one. Not, <sighs> not, not a soul. Not a soul. It'll be more like this. And I think this is kind of what they're doing. I think this is what they're doing. They're going to go, okay, well, we got, we got Comey on two different things. And on the first one, we're going to write a scathing report. It's going to be scathing. Uh, and then I just, oh my gosh, I'm sick of hearing that too on the news. This is, this is about as scathing as it gets. This is about, if you're an FBI director, this is about as bad as it gets, this IG report. No, I think it could get a lot worse. It, it, it could get way, way worse. Might. So they wanted to, they wanted to float the balloon and, and take the public's temperature. I really, it, it reeks of PR to me. They're like, okay, we're going to see just how outraged it is. We'll try to put some spin on it and make sure you say this is the most scathing. This is as bad as it gets. And then if this goes, if this goes okay, if we think we can weather this storm, we're going to let these other guys walk too. Just to see. Just, and then because and then they'll, they'll all wrap themselves up. And this is when you get into deep state stuff. You get to the career uh, the career people at the Department of Justice, the career people at the FBI and all this stuff, they're like, we, we, we just can't let the people, uh, you know, lose faith in these institutions. We have to tell these people that, that, that we, have, we need these FISA warrants. We, we, we use these FISA warrants. And if people, uh, if they shut down the FISA courts, you're really tying our hands behind our back Good. in terms of, and, Good. well, I'm sure they're going to see it a different way, but I'm well, calling it right now in the year of our Lord, 2019, the Loftus Party podcast. Everybody walks. Everybody walks. Uh, the only thing that I do hold on to just a little bit is I don't think Bill Barr came out of retirement to do that. I hope not. I hope not. And I you look just... at Durham's record and he's just pretty much a straight. It either is or it isn't. He's about as nonpartisan as you can. I, I hope so. I hope Me so. Me too. Okay, before we go, before we go, uh, I want to just give a little uh, shout out to a couple of a uh, couple of of movies. Uh, first of all, the the more I think about Star Wars and the, the rise of Skywalker, uh, and I did a video about that on the YouTube channel. It's it's just it's sad. 
I'm now, it's like, like the five stages of grief or whatever. Uh, I'm now like accepting it and I'm just ready to move past it. I got all my hopes on the Mandalorian on, on Disney plus, but what they're doing to star Wars, what they've done to star Wars, it'll be taught in film schools. Like how, how to ruin a franchise. Yeah. Yes. Sadly. Yes. And and there I have one little glimmer of hope on the horizon, and and like a total geek, I have to uh, I have to I have to pin my hopes on the, the Mandalorian, just because it's a new character. We don't know who it is. Anything can happen. It's a different you know space of time that hasn't been covered already. So and it's John Favreau, and that guy knows what he's doing. He he makes good movies. I liked I liked the first Iron Man. I liked the Jungle Book. You know now you could make the excuse that those are already you know, pre-existing stories and he just followed whatever. I, I, I love star Wars. I, I lo- and it's just, it, it's criminal. It's criminal. So here's the, the beacon of hope. They just came out with the last, uh, trailer for the Joker with Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, we got that up at the loftus uh, com. It's really, it looks really good. It looks really good. And the movie, uh, premiered last night, Saturday night, just, you know, we taped this on a Sunday, premiered at the Venice Film Festival, eight-minute standing ovation. Eight-minute standing ovation at the end of the film. That's not the world record, by the way. I found this out. But but eight minutes is a lot. That's a big, big ovation. The Joker uh, with Joaquin Phoenix uh, looks really, really good. I'm totally stoked about that. Uh, this won't affect... I'm going to still do the two videos a week on the YouTube channel, we're, we're plugging right along, and I, it's, it's crazy, but I, and, and maybe it's me being, uh, superstitious or whatever, but it's like, it's always, it seems like, you know, whenever there's, uh, you know, I'm asking you guys, hey, make sure you share the videos, make sure you share the videos, and do all that stuff, so you guys are doing great, you're definitely doing your part, uh, Facebook numbers are up, YouTube is up, we're, that was, the clampdown's still in effect, but we're, like, it's like changing the name from MAGA country to freedom to laugh, we'll figure out a way, uh, and I'm not gonna give up, so, uh, that is wonderful, make sure, make sure, if you're, a if you're a gun owner, or you got a little place in your house, you wanna, you wanna keep it nice and dry, uh, do what I did, go to Trump 2020 pouch, Trump 2020, it's either pouch or pouches. I should know this. Trump 2020 pouches. It's great. It's all natural. It's safe around kids and pets. It will eliminate. It'll just, and it never stops working. You never have to recharge it. You never have to plug anything in. You just plunk it down and let it do its thing. Fantastic. Get one of those. You guys are the best. The big news. Watch. So this will come out tomorrow, Monday. You guys don't have to work. But uh, the, it, I got the green light. They've actually. I waited. I waited till they actually booked my travel. Uh, I'm going to be co-hosting the five on Fox uh, Tuesday. No, no, no. Wednesday and Thursday. Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, well, it. You know, I'm. I'm. I'm really looking forward to it. There's going to be some teleprompter work. I'm going to have to throw it around. Like, so what do you think, Juan? <laughs> I just can't. There's a part of me. It's like an out of body experience. So Dana, what? So Dana, like uh, it's it's gonna be Is a little Greg nutty. Is Greg gonna be there? No, I'm sitting in for Greg. Oh, okay. I was thinking you were probably in water seat. You know what? That that 
that could happen. But when they approached me about it, uh, it was. Well, does it that was, mean you have to do Greg's like little monologue thing? I I'm hoping that'll happen. I don't know okay. if it will. But like I was watching, I was watching an episode last night where uh, Juan Williams kicked it off, and he was kind of like the captain of the ship. You know, like, hey, so, but it seems like during every break they come back and then there's a different one of one of the five that's responsible for recently this happened and blah, 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 blah. What do you think, Juan? Juan, would you like to weigh in? Dana, do you have thoughts? Jesse, what do you think, man? So it's going to be, it's going to be fun. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. A little surreal for sure. It is right. It's uh, it's a little crazy, but I'm I'm very much looking forward to it. So uh, keep a good thought. Keep a good thought. I don't want to be on there dropping f bombs like well, you, uh, Beta O'Rourke. Got it. Meet the press. Got to be you. Like you can't do the like tie thing like Juan does and all that. I'm I'm serious. I'm thinking outfits. I'm all. <laughs> I'm already thinking outfits. It's crazy. So. I'll try to do, uh, I'll definitely do a video. I'll probably do a video tomorrow, post it on Tuesday, because I'm, I'm flying to New York. Uh, and then I'll do another video on Thursday or a live stream. I'll definitely do a live stream on Thursday on Facebook. So you guys are fantastic. You're the best. Uh, I hope you had a great Labor Day weekend. It's the end of summer. It's the end of summer. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, I, I hate that summer's over. I hate it. Uh, let's we'll let's hope we here get... for another two months. Yay! Good. Let's keep that going. And everyone in Dorian's path, stay safe, listen to people, get out. Yeah, don't go messing with no hurricanes. No. Don't go. Oh my god, that was the funniest tweet. This will be the last thing and then we'll we'll stop we'll stop recording. Uh, Hillary Clinton said she was like criticizing Donald Trump on Twitter going, "You can't nuke a hurricane." And then somebody replied to her, "What are you going to do? Convince it to commit suicide?" <laughs> I was crying. I was laughing so hard. (laughs) All right. We will see you guys next time. TheLoftestParty.com. Tell your friends.